0: Here come the magic! Frank comes in with uh, a greater track record as it relates to having been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice and um, you know, has been to the playoffs five of the last six years, the only year being, you know, the year that uh, Paul George was unavailable because of his his broken leg. So, uh, of course, they're going to be excited. They see the track record. Um, so in that regard, I would agree with you. I would say, yes, you know, the fans seem to be as excited about a, a Magic coach as they've ever been.
1: Amen, Magic CEO Alex Martins. Amen. And welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode, I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio, and uh, and we're excited that it's been over two days now and Frank Vogel is still the magic head coach. Uh, I didn't want to jinx it, I didn't want a Billy Donovan thing happening like it did in 2007 when the former Gators coach and the, for- and the current uh, Oklahoma City Thunder head coach took the magic job and then bailed, so Vogel is still around, we can be happy. Vogel's the 13th head coach in Magic history, and we're going to be very hopeful that
0: 13's a lucky number. We had a good week. We had Paul Porter do our new intro for the podcast. You got great sound from the team CEO, Alex Martins, and we still have a head coach that we hired a week ago. So I was at the, Mar- the
1: uh, Vogel-Hennigan-Martins press conference Monday afternoon. Uh, first off, it was very intriguing to navigate through... All the traffic and all the high school graduation practice ceremonies that were going on at Amway Center, that that threw me for a loop. But um, once I got in there, uh, there's a lot of excited media in there for Vogel, and uh, Vogel got to talk about what he had in mind for the team, and everything sounded wonderful to me easy to talk about it now. We'll see what happens come training camp after, you know, the draft and free agency occurs, but um did anything stand out to you as far as what Vogel um, you know, talked about as far as what he plans on doing with the team? We're going to play a similar style of play that we did uh with Indiana. We're going to have a defensive identity uh, which worked for us, but we're also going to uh, Play a style offensively where we adapt to the way today's NBA game is played on the offensive end. And we're gonna play with with pace, uh, we're gonna take advantage of the athleticism we have on this roster, uh, run the floor and we're also gonna space similarly to uh, a lot of the way these teams are playing and like I said in, in today's NBA and we're gonna win. And we're gonna win and we're gonna have fun winning so uh, I'm excited about this group.
0: You know, I think it was a pretty standard press conference. You're gonna, you're gonna stick to your talking points. Obviously, he prides himself on being a defensive coach. He says that he's gonna keep that identity with a team here in Orlando. Uh, he says that they're gonna play fast and play small and adapt to the changing landscape of the league, uh, trying to quell the rumors and you know misgivings that he's not an offensive-minded coach. I'll tell you what I don't like already uh-oh uh, he's already sporting the pure magic lapel pin we're gonna go with pure magic again for a third straight season as a slogan here here's the other thing i don't like and this is just because i'm kind of anti-establishment i guess but he's already traded in his yellow hued ties for blue he's already dressing like a college coach to match the team colors i feel like if you're a talented head coach you wear whatever color tie you want you just patrol the sideline like a boss And everybody respects you. You know who doesn't wear ties? Who? Stan Van Gundy. Well, and even Stan, I think his first year,
1: did wear some ties. And then I think he he realized he's a badass. So he's like, I don't need this anymore.
0: A nice black tie for the opening presser and then mock turtlenecks for the next four years. So I will counter you on uh, on the blue tie thing. There is some blue in that Indiana Pacers logo.
1: So... It's a holdover tie, is what you're saying. He didn't even buy a new tie. I'm not, not going that far. I'm sure Men's Warehouse hooked him up with a nice collection already, assuming that they have not jumped ship on the Magic in the, as, they, as they stuck with them over the past 20-plus years. You're going to like the way he coaches. I guarantee it. Oh, man. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of good audio that I got from, from that press conference. Now, I'm most excited about a potential renewal of the uh, Magic-Miami uh, Heat rivalry. Um, as many Magic fans know, uh, Orlando has not faced the Sunshine State rivalry, uh, their Sunshine State rival, since 1997. Uh, that was a very thrilling series where Richie Atabato, by the grace of God, almost got that team to upset Miami. Um, you know, it's the most, it's the most memorable series, memorable series for me growing up because that's when Penny Hardaway dropped back-to-back 40-point
0: games, and also Daryl Armstrong showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, so that series, we were a seven seed. Miami was a two seed. And the interesting thing about the kind of intrastate rivalry is that as an expansion franchise, Miami was horrid and we took off. We ascended pretty quickly. Then we had down years in the middle while they took off and won their first championship. And then we got good for a little bit and now we're bad again. And then Miami gets good uh, by default and wins two more titles so we haven't really been uh you know eastern conference powerhouses at the same time but the interesting thing for next season is depending on how free agency plays out i think you and i both agree that we'll sneak into the playoffs next season and miami may be primed to be kind of in that two seed so we might see a repeat of that 1997 series next year in the postseason
1: yeah we got to see what's going to happen with with our uh with our awful uh that other other team down down south as far as free agency goes they're either gonna you know keep Whiteside, chris bosh may never play again dwayne wade gets a year older i mean there's there's a lot of variables for them yeah they had some of their young guys step up i still don't know how josh Richardson did what he did in, in the postseason but um you know it's I, i'm excited about that potential because you know going full circle back to, to my point, the beginning of this point, uh, Frank Vogel back in 2012 when the Heat had LeBron and they, they were an actual big three and they were you know going to the finals every year for a little bit there, um, Frank Vogel called out that team for being a bunch of floppers, which uh, I was a big fan of that quote and uh, Eric Spoelstra didn't like it. So for a couple of years there were you know when when Indiana was going you know two two years in a row to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's a couple of years there where there's a bit of a head coaching rivalry, and it'd be pretty nice to see that get rekindled, and that then leading to both teams hating each other. Because, look, the Magic, some of that, some of those players in the locker room, they won't say it, you know, during interviews often, but off off the mic, off camera, whatnot, they, a lot of those guys that have been on this team for a couple of years now, don't like that Heat team. So, if the Magic can can become a playoff team, can start threatening, you know the supremacy of of the state as far as them overtaking Miami. I'm, I'm actually quite, uh, quite excited for that
0: possibility. I think any rivalry, uh, you know, at the heart of it is admiration and respect, right? And, and clearly Vogel and Spolstra both started out the same kind of, you know, really grinded out of the video room to become a head coach. So I'm sure that there's a mutual admiration society going on with those two. And as both teams continue to build to their roster and ascend the Eastern Conference rankings, I'd, I'd look forward to uh, playing meaningful games again against Miami. So one of
1: the Magic players that was in that interview room during the Vogel press conference was Evan Fournier, our, uh, our favorite Frenchman, our only Frenchman right now, even though Nikola Vucevic does speak French as well. He's not French, so... Uh so Evan ha- is uh, is gonna be in a fun position this this offseason. He's gonna a be barber's a- chair. <laughs> I think he already got that haircut. Although well, he's growing out the beard though a little bit, so yeah. it's it's a different look for him. Um but Fournier's gonna be a free agent and the question is what asking price is gonna is he gonna get around the league with half the league getting a whole bunch of open cap space to deal whatever amount of large contracts they want to players. Fournier's price tag could could skyrocket. Really, um, you know, right now with the projected salary cap around the league to be about ninety two million come come July first, um, it'll be interesting to see you know what what Fournier gets offered. The most he can get offered right now per season is twenty one and a half million, which would by far and away make him the most highest paid Magic player on the team. Uh, to put it in perspective, Tobias Harris was the highest most highest paid player on the team. He's making like about fifteen million, and then the sixteen million, and the Magic obviously traded him. Uh, right now, the guy with the biggest salary is Nikola Vucevic, which is at a rather cheap twelve million at this point. So, my question to you is: Is there a
0: threshold for you in retaining Fournier as far as price tag goes? Like, how high would you go? I think it depends on who is interested and available in coming to the Magic in the offseason. Clearly. Evan is coming off a career year. He stayed relatively healthy. Uh, He performed both scoring the ball and setting up teammates and shot the ball. Had a pretty decent clip. Shot 40% from three-point range. And for the guy that's now the new head coach of the Magic, Frank
1: Vogel, got to see firsthand that Evan Fournier can shut Paul George the fuck down. He did it about twice this season, and it was pretty impressive. I mean, Evan, when he's... Healthy and motivated, which most of the time he's motivated, but with that six seven
0: frame, he can be a two way player and when you're shooting forty percent from three point range, you're gonna be in high demand. He's longer than you think, and that allows him to stay in front of, of you know, wing players more often than you think for his athletic uh, athletic skill set, right? He's not the most explosive athlete, but he seemed to get the job done. I think the interesting thing is that they talked extension with him last year. And I think the number that, you know, you want to believe it or not, the number that was floating out there was about $12 million a year, and Fournier turned it down to bet on himself, probably wisely now, right, uh, based on the available cap room that so many teams have and the exploding cap around the league. Boy, though, it would be hard for me to commit any more than 15 or $16 million to him. If you're going to pay him more than the Tobias Harris contract from last summer, uh, even with the cap figures going up, I think it's hard to tie up that much of your room on a on a commodity that, you know, maybe he has room to improve or maybe last season is his ceiling. So I do think the Magic seem very confident, not just the front office, but Frank
1: Vogel himself from all the interviews that he's done over the week, which that's been a fun media tour to see him on pretty much any show you can think of, but um, you know, he's he seems very confident the Magic are gonna get a max player guy. Whether that's a twenty one and a half million max player guy,
0: whether that's a twenty five million max player guy, whether it's a thirty million max player guy, we're gonna see. Whether if, it's an eight million dollar max player guy that you're turning into a twenty five million dollar max player guy to get him to come here.
1: And that's where that's where the risk comes in, that's where the fun comes in. I think Fournier is gonna legitimately get sixteen to maybe eighteen million dollars for that first season and i'm willing to pay it honestly I, I don't think the magic can afford to let him walk especially when they have his bird rights and they can sign him after they make their other free agency signings um so and the magic have the track record in their past of going over the cap when they can if they want to if it's worth it and i think it's worth it if they can bring in you know a max guy and maybe a little bit of extra veteran help as well so you know, My question to you is, uh, there's a long, long, long list of free agents that are going to be out there this year, but um, do you have, give me one max guy that you think the Magic should go after and who might be a feasible option to go after, and then one cheap, tough guy that the Magic would go after, whether he's a cheap guy or even like you know $12 million per year or whatnot. I mean, I, j- just give me one of those guys because Frank Vogel seems to, that the magic will go after a tough guy or
0: two quote unquote i'm gonna i'm gonna steal your guy probably i think the the best player available for the magic and probably not uh likely to sign here is nicholas batum oh you bastard i did long athletic slasher scorer defender uh testicle puncher (laughs) he does it all and he does it with flair but seriously french flair he he uh He got hurt in the playoffs, right? Uh, And that happens sometimes. It happens to every team in this playoffs, everybody dealing with injuries. But the year that he had in Charlotte, uh, pretty impressive. They took that team, helped take that team back into the playoffs and really contend with Miami pushing them, uh, you know, in the first round. I think he's a perfect complement to the athletic long players that we have on the team. I would certainly swap one Frenchman in Evan Fournier for another. I think that'd be a huge uh a huge upgrade, you know, as a swingman. Charlotte's really interesting. Pretty much half of their roster is is a free agent, going to be a free agent this summer. I'll give you one more name from Charlotte. Also had a career year, solid veteran presence, uh can play big, can play small versatile forward and that's marvin williams oh no come on man don't do that to me he had a career year he shot the shit out of the ball from deep he's really come on as a post defender he can guard fours the league's gone small i think you could get him at a reasonable number you can play him with aaron gordon you can bring him off the bench you can play him at the three play him at the four I think that he's really come into his own. He's comfortable in the league now as a steady veteran presence. I think he could provide a lot of benefit to our team off the bench and really shore up the front court.
1: All right, define a reasonable number, but also I am not buying it to Marvin Williams at all. I'm calling I'm calling bullshit on that contract season that he just had. Uh, $24 million over three years. <laughs> no, man, he's going to get way more than that. If he gets anything lower than $12 million per year, he needs to fire his agent, like honest to God. I mean, I, I love Batum, honestly. I mean, he's he, the only thing that's been a worry for him is is his health a little bit here of late. You know, he the final year he had in Portland, he was hurt, he was hurt a little bit this season in Charlotte. Um, you know, that made his three-point percentage suffer. You know, prior to the last two seasons, he was like a 37, 38% three-point shooter. He's now down to like 34, 35, which it's not a big deal. Um, but it's something to think about. But honestly, I have no hesitations to give Batum the max. The problem is there's about 10 other teams that would probably do the same thing. Um, but if you're doing it, you're doing it knowing that Evan Fournier is going to be sticking around, I think. Um, whether they play together and you ship out Oladipo or Oladipo accepts a bench roll for this season, or you know, Fournier could, could be a very expensive six-man off the bench. I mean... He, he loves Manu Ginobili. He's idolized. He's respected Manu Ginobili's career. Um, so it's something that, I mean, Fournier's been open to it on the French national team. He backs up Batum on the French national team as is. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, I hate you for stealing Batum as my pick on that. Um, I, but another guy I think the Magic should show some interest in is Al Horford. Um, there's that Florida Gator connection and whatnot. I, I get that. Um I wouldn't bring him in as a Vucevic replacement, though. You, you're, I'm bringing in Al Horford to be playing power forward, whether that means Aaron Gordon's got to go to the bench for right now or if Aaron Gordon's sliding down to the three. I think that with the shooting range that both Vucevic and, and Al Horford have, I think
0: there's a way to play both of them together, and both of them can be very unselfish players as well. Yeah, I think offensively that'd be a really interesting pairing course where you run into trouble is on the defensive end of the floor Al Horford only getting older and Nikola Vucevic only getting stiffer in terms of lateral movement and guarding the pick and roll with the league being so spread out uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it right if if Al Horford wants to come to Orlando I think you have to sign him regardless of how his production may wane in the third and fourth year of a max contract deal uh, because it signals that the team is on the rise to the rest of the league. Al Horford, Al Horford is a premier free agent in this class. And I think if, if you can get him, you got to get him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I, I honestly think the magic do have a chance considering the Hawks are, they're looking to, they're not looking good. They're not progressing much further. And, you know, is, is there buyers remorse for Paul Millsap who easily could have been here this season? Who knows? Um, and that's where it'll be interesting to see what type of trades the Magic try to do, whether they try to deal Oladipo, whether they try to bring, you know, try to, you know, who do they trade for? Do they try and go after Paul Millsap and bring him in? Who knows? Um, you know, it's a very curious next few months ahead. So as far as my, my cheap tough guy or my relatively cheap tough guy, um, I, I kind of have a tie right now. Um, I like Joe Kim Noah, um, Noah has been very unhappy in Chicago ever since Thibodeau got got the boot. Basically, uh, Noah is 31 years old right now, and he he looks to be you know asking for for somewhere for new surroundings basically. And I think the Magic could use his toughness. They could use his winning mentality. They could use his passing. To be honest, I mean, there's not many passing big men that are better than Noah. The problem is his health, obviously. Um, and the price tag potentially because if you can get noah here for 10 12 million for two or three seasons per season i think you got to definitely listen um especially if like that last years like a team option it's just a matter of what noah would want to do but he he fills that tough veteran
0: you know free agent to at basically if that's what vogel wants um i don't know what's your viewpoint on noah, on noah? He certainly brings the intangibles, and health is a legitimate concern every year with him, especially coming off shoulder surgery this year that really limited him. I think he had a career-worst year pretty much across the board, whether he was, you know, dealing with uh, the effects of the injury before he got shut down or he just had an off year. But the biggest problem, I think, with Noah is he just tried to play with Pau Gasol, uh, Clearly, it didn't work out that well this season. Uh, How different is Nikola Vucevic from Pau Gasol in terms of the fit of them sharing a front court for uh, a substantial amount of minutes? I don't know. But again... I would say, though, that I I would prefer Noah coming off the bench still.
1: Even if he thinks he's healthy, he would come in knowing that to start the season, he's coming off the bench. And again, that's another another talking point because he hated coming off the bench in Chicago.
0: But you know this is a different situation maybe he he's feeling his mortality a little bit more who knows so you would love Joaquim Noah here but you would you'd love him to sign for 5 million dollars less than he's worth uh, to sign for a team option on the last year of his deal, and to come off the bench. So really, you you don't want Joe Kim Noah here. <laughs> I guess in that regard, no. But who the hell, okay, who, you think he's going to get 16 mil from somewhere, 17 mil? I think we're going to get 17 mil from some year the way this summer is going to shake out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my other, my other supposedly
1: cheap veteran would be Zaza Pachulia, um, who was here for his rookie season. Uh, he had a hell of a year in Dallas out of the blue I mean who, I mean, Milwaukee trades him for I think it was a second round pick and like a bag of peanuts I don't know but um, Zaza's going to only be 32 years old he's got a few good strong years in him he's not the shot blocking type guy that you would maybe want um, but I, I think that as a as a good backup to Vucevic especially if Vuce like misses like 15 or
0: 20 games next season I think Zaza would be money to go after so solid formidable veteran presence came very close to averaging a double double this season for the first time in his career he'd be a great pickup for us to really fortify the front court uh dependable you know what you're going to get out of him and I think it would be cool uh to have him bookend his career start in Orlando during the down 2003 season and his career in Orlando. Uh, and maybe we can give him a couple extra shekels to make up for leaving him unprotected in the expansion draft. Yeah, I saw Zaza Airbowl way too many jump shots his rookie season. <laughs> Thankfully, he's not really doing that anymore.
1: Um, yeah, and one, one little tidbit of back, going back to Noah. Fun little fact. Uh, so for his rookie season, 0708, 8 uh, his head coach was Scott Skiles. Who? Yeah. Uh, Skiles coached him those first 25 games, and then he got canned on Christmas Eve. So that's a that's a shitty way to go, basically, there. Uh, so I'm going to name a few other supposedly tough free agent players, some cheaper than others. Um, probably the most expensive one would be Bismack Biambo. Uh There's a rumor going out there that he's already at, requesting $16, 17000000 million per season, which... He's going to get that and maybe more. Um, I could see him getting the max from somebody. I mean, It's crazy what Biombo's been able to do for Toronto, especially with Jonas Valanciunas out during a good chunk of this postseason. Um, I just think Biombo's still really raw and really limited, and
0: I I don't know how motivated he would be once he got that payday. You're supposed to buy low and sell high, right? That's how it works? Yes. And, And I think teams are going to end up doing the opposite after... Uh, this postseason run that he's having. He's really rebounding every every single missed shot. Uh, you know who else had a good postseason run a couple years ago? Jerome James. Oh, God. And then nothing. I think the Biombo uh, situation honestly reminds me of Trey Burke when he was at Michigan tearing up the NCAA tournament, skyrockets up the draft board, and then languishes in Utah when he has to play a full season. So I look, Biombo clearly has an NBA skill, and that's rebounding. Clearly has an NBA skill, rim protection. But can he put it all together on a consistent basis when he gets, you know, uh, thirty-six minutes a night? I don't think so. Yeah. And again, I, I'm a big, big Nikola
1: Vucevic fan. I'm not, I don't. I do not want to steal minutes from him. Um, if if and Dwayne Dedmon would be a much cheaper option. Than Biambo at this point, I mean, Deadman can do similar things to what Biambo does. And I think looking at keeping Deadman would be the way to go, especially if Jason Smith gets a sizable offer somewhere else. Um, So I'm going to throw out two current, well, one current, one former Indiana Pacers at you. And some of them have been talked about because Frank Vogel coached them. And and let me get your feel on should the Magic try and go after them. Uh, First one would be Jan Mahinmi. Uh, we talk about how old Al Horford is. Al Horford's only 30 years old. Uh, Jan Mahimi is also about to be 30 years old here. Um, you know, Al Horford turns 30 on June 3rd, and Mahimi turns 30 on November 5th. So, I mean, there, there's a very small gap in there. Um, any interest there? I mean, he's, he's he showed some promise this season under, under Vogel in a – in a starting role, and even as on a bench role,
0: um, I don't know how cheap you can get him. What's your feeling, Mahimi? He's kind of a slow burn guy. You know, he comes into the league. I, re- I remember him in Dallas, and obviously a cup of coffee with San Antonio, making that run through. And he's kind of worked his way into being a rotational NBA player, and that's, he should be commended for that. I don't think he really moves the needle. Um, nothing exciting. If you if you want to sign him and you want to back up Nikola Vucevic with him, that's cool. If you want to throw a couple more million at Deadman and keep him here in hopes that he continues to improve, that's cool too. Um, you know, I I don't think I don't think he really makes a difference one way or the other. Uh, the other one would be David West, who uh, he took a huge pay cut going to San Antonio,
1: and it didn't work out for him and maybe he thinks that san antonio is going to take a step backwards if a couple retirements come like we think they might be coming um he's 30 he turns 36 in august and i mean he had some great years under vogel but i I don't know if he's got much in the tank especially if look the magic aren't exactly competing for a championship this season and so to get him you would have to throw a lot of money his way
0: and i I just think you stay away hey west did not look great this year but how pissed is he That he left all that money on the table and couldn't get out of the second round, and I think he he left like ten million on the table. Like it is ridiculous. Does he does he ring chase again next year, or does he try and get the most amount of money possible to make up for this lost season in San Antonio? Yeah, I mean it's. I would just stay away from West at this point. I mean he's he, he's. I don't think he's got much left in the tank. Look, he wouldn't come here, but if you could get him for a reasonable amount of money, and I mean reasonable, like five six million, which you can't, but if you could get him here, that would be a coup for all of the younger players that we have, a locker room presence and veteran leader. Uh, he's the prototypical type of veteran tough guy that was bandied about in the press conference with Frank Vogel and Rob Hennigan he's also another one of those guys that has no interest in coming here I don't think
1: so that'll do it for a, a little bit of free agency talk just dipping our toes into the water there a little bit uh you know free agency's coming up in in a month so we'll see how that goes but uh, let's transition over to a uh, little chat I had with Alex Martins uh, after the Rob Hennigan uh and uh, Frank Vogel press conference. This city, this team, is trying to bring back All-Star Weekend. That's, that's not a secret. Right. Um, how much has the project for the entertainment complex across the street, how much is the timetable for when, you know, all the I-4 project or whatnot – Uh, Get completed. How much does that impact your application process here over the next few years? Well, the application process is dependent upon when the bids are
0: put out by the league. And, you know, I think the moon and the stars are going to align on a similar path here, Uh, not because we planned it that way, but simply because, you know, the next two available are, um, you know, in in 19 and and 20. And by that time, you know, our complex should be close, if not complete. Um, The I-4 construction should be just about over. Um, so the timing of all of that should be almost perfect.
1: First off, I do like that Martins now isn't on the podium. He's doing his stuff on the side now. It's kind of like, uh, hey, Rob's the guy up there. You talk to him. You don't talk to me. But Martins makes himself available for 5, 10 minutes on the side, and I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, A couple of t- uh, points were, that he talked about in the 5, 6 minutes that we chatted, you know, myself and a few other media members chatted him about. Or, you know, the surprise again of Scows, you know, walking away from the position, but also kind of the blessing it brought in potentially getting an upgrade in Frank Vogel. Um, and, you know, then we also got to talking a little bit about uh, the magic bidding for All-Star Weekend. Um, if you don't know... Yeah, NBA All Star Weekend in 2017 is going to be in Charlotte, In 2018 it's going to be in L.A. Well, we think 2017 is going to be in Charlotte. They still have that whole gender bathroom thing going on that's, with uh, uh, that's above our pay grade. Yeah, that's that's some murky stuff. So I won't uh, I won't I won't go deeper into that. But um, you know, Alex did say that the stars did seem to align that come the process for bidding for the 2019 and 2020 games uh all-star game weekend uh the magic seem to be in decent position for it um you know for those who don't know who don't live around orlando or whatnot you know the magic right across the street from the amway center are planning to build an entertainment complex uh where the you know part of it part of the properties there include the old uh, orlando police headquarters as a new police headquarters gets built down the street The entertainment complex is set to hopefully open maybe by 2019, maybe by 2020. So that timetable works out. You know, there's other stuff going on like, uh, you know, the Creative Village over at the old arena site. Uh, Then there's the I 4 project where anyone that has to drive on that godforsaken interstate knows that that thing is a nightmare and it won't be ready completely done until 2021. Uh, My question to you, I guess, would be is, One, let's just say, like, Charlotte loses out on on 2017 all of a sudden. Should the Magic go in and try and get that, or should they wait for these projects to be done? Because right now, if you're walking to a Magic game at Amway Center right on Church Street or whatnot, you're seeing huge
0: entire gaps in, like, a construction zone, basically, everywhere you go. So the Magic uh, had the All-Star game here in 2012, and that was the lockout season. So to get it again in 2017 under similar circumstances where it's kind of, you know, uh, cobbled together at the last minute, I don't think that the city gets displayed in the best light. I also don't think the fans of Orlando that want to attend all the events get the same sort of planned, uh, well-choreographed event that runs seamlessly like it does in other cities. I think one of the benefits that we have, and granted, uh, you know, it's a couple of years until it's up for bid again, but the last two All Star games have been in really cold climates. So you had Toronto, and then Brooklyn, and and you know Brooklyn and the Knicks shared uh, All Star Weekend two years ago. But a lot of the All Star Weekend veterans who travel and attend the event year in and year out are going, "Hey, let's uh, let's do the Super Bowl thing where we just shuffle." Uh, you know warm city climates And just hit them year after year after year And I think that puts Orlando in a good spot To get the all-star game uh, In 2019 or 2020 Or very soon thereafter um, And the economic impact is undeniable Yeah I think for, First off you know because of the
1: lockout There are a couple parties that Should have happened that did not end up happening uh, It's okay though you could still hear Some of the air hanger par- airport hangar parties Going on at the executive airport um, and some of the some of the ones I was thankful to attend were, were quite
0: fantastic. Late but, into the night, you attended.
1: Yeah, but uh, man, I'm not. I'm never going to forget some of that stuff. But uh, you know, the NBA does owe Orlando a proper proper All Star weekend. Um, you know, there's there's a couple teams that have new stadium situations or new arenas opening up here in the next few years. Milwaukee, Sacramento, the Warriors. Uh, but you hit it on the head. We've been to Toronto in August when it's quite lovely and you're sweating less than you usually do. Um, But uh, Toronto in February when it's minus zero degrees Fahrenheit, it's probably not great. So um, I think this is a golden opportunity for the Magic to swoop in uh, for 2020. I think. I don't think they should go before 2020. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that that's probably the, the earliest they should look at. I think 2021 is right in the wheelhouse because that's when the I-4 project's done and people will actually be able to drive everywhere with less difficulty and whatnot. Um, but I'm excited for that possibility. It, it brings in a ton of money. It brings in a ton of excitement. And the Magic very well could be champ- a championship contender at that point, at least. Hopefully before then, but uh, at least by that point or in the next few years, hopefully Vogel's still in that seat. And hopefully Vogel will be on pace to be the longest tenured Magic coach in history because, you know, before him it was Stan Van Gundy and Doc Rivers each for about five years. So, uh, any any final
0: thoughts on Vogel or going for that for that All Star weekend? I think just in general, it's an exciting time again, finally, around the franchise. You obviously attended the press conference on Monday. There was a buzz in the media room again. Absolutely. There's a buzz in the streets again. It's the middle of May. you know. It's it's the middle of summer. There's nothing going on. And people are talking about the magic on a local level, on a national level. And that's a position where, quite frankly, we haven't found ourselves in a while. So the future is bright. Uh, We have a lot to look forward to. And hopefully that Uh, you know that leads to a championship for our city and then a showcase event like all-star weekend where we can show off uh our civic pride too and hopefully our that dunk contest when
1: we do have it back here again that that, come that all-star weekend will be better than the last one so get excited orlando get excited magic fans you know it's great that we are not bombarded by football talk because i don't know about you but football's not that high on my list of favorite sports but anyway uh, that'll do it for episode three of the podcast. Uh, I guess the third time third time is the charm for us because we're using a podcast mic and
0: I kind of feel a little bit professional. Trying to remember to talk into it and not dribble it because it looks like an orange little basketball. Yeah, it's, it's very tempting. But anyway, uh,
1: take care, Magic fans, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.